We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugge with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife Parks. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. This week, we thought we'd just take a step back and let you listen just to our voices, uh, the host voices. We thought we would introduce ourselves, discuss what we've been doing this summer. And as we look forward to the fall months, we are getting hunter's itch. Not spring itch we, or spring fever. We're getting hunter fever. And it's it's coming. Uh, and so we just thought we would take this this full episode to have a conversation, a friend's conversation as we record. And then maybe, you know, when we're asking questions, discussing stuff, we're poking and laughing at each other. It may give you a better idea of getting to know us personally. I am Julia Plugi. I am with the Game and Parks Commission here in Nebraska. And I'm going to toss the mic over to another host, Tana. And Tana, go ahead and introduce yourself. And then Rachel will introduce herself. And we're going to get into just some friendly conversation. Thanks, Julia. I don't know about you guys. I definitely have the itch to go hunting, but I'm hoping to avoid any hunter's itch by means of poison ivy or chiggers or otherwise. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Julia mentioned I'm Tana Fancher. So I work for the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks. I am our state's R3 coordinator, which stands for recruitment, retention, and reactivation. So a big part of my job is just try to get more people involved in outdoor activities and keep them involved. I focus on hunting, fishing, and shooting sports um, because as you know, or maybe you don't, those are the activities that provide funding for wildlife management and conservation. Hunting, fishing, and shooting sports is my main focus, but I kind of do it all. I grew up an avid outdoors person, loved to hike and camp and fish, but it wasn't until I started working for the agency a few years ago that I picked up hunting. So I am an adult onset hunter. I am still learning, but oh my gosh, I am so in love with the activity and with the community, you know, just really becoming closer to the food that gets put on my table. So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to chat with these ladies and share a little bit more about myself as well. Rachel, you next. I have to say, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Tana. When Julie mentioned Hunter's Itch, I instantly was like, I hope I don't get that. I don't know what it is, but I, I don't want it. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I, I Yeah, the itch. I, I should have avoided that old itch thing. It reminds me of when in the last podcast when she told our biologist that came on that she wanted to poke his brain. <laughs> My uh, dictionary of words is limited. <laughs> As I say, we got to get the thesaurus out and see if we can come up with some other synonyms or something. Tana and Julia mentioned Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. So I also work with hunter education and shooting sports. Um, to Tana's point, they are funded by Pittman Robinson. And so that's where we get our funding from. And so that is my focus um, in addition to doing some female focused and, and um, kind of different outreach. We've always talked to our, our avid hunters and anglers. And so we're trying to expand our community a little bit. So we've tried different things like wild game and wine dinners and, and just different activities to try and get people in 
to um, experience what hunting is all about and, and more the culture and, and the people um, as opposed to what the media or magazines display hunters as, or, or unfortunately the news, we always get bad press and we don't ever talk about conservationists and the wonderful things that are happening in our community. Um, unfortunately, we usually get some sort of terrible spotlight. We are avidly working to change that. And I, I guess different than Julie and Tana, I grew up um, in Massachusetts. So I'm an East Coast kid who definitely did not hunt growing up. I, I fished. I had a solid Mickey Mouse pole from the age of two on. And I'm happy to say I, I caught a grass carp with it once. That was an absolute accident. The pole was about to snap and, and my dad was nice enough to like pretty much jump in the lake to pull out the carp for me so I could show off my treasure. That being said, we grew up sailing. We grew up skiing. We grew up hiking, canoeing. Things might not be as common here in the Midwest. So um, since moving here about 12 years ago, I've definitely gotten interested and had my eyes open to this world of hunting. And I think I'm almost to the point where I can call myself a hunter. I've gone hunting many times, but it's just definitely a mental, a mental check to actually identify as one. So still working on that and enjoying the process as we go. So Julia, back to you. That may need to be a episode in itself is when do you call yourself a hunter? When can you call yourself a hunter? And you made that point of that mental check. You know, I think it is just when you feel that you are comfortable to call yourself a hunter. All three of us are adult onset hunters and we, and we enjoy that. We've had fun with it. And when we started this podcast is because we knew that, that we are beginning in the field. Uh, we're not here to be one of those podcasts that are telling you how to do it. We are bringing in guests. I mean, to be honest, we're bringing these guests to learn and uh, we're sharing what we're learning with you all so that everyone can and learn at the same time. So I just wanted to toss that out that Rachel, you are a hunter. <laughs> I didn't, I should elaborate more what my position is here with Nebraska Game and Parks. I started off as when I was hired to plan and run events. So it was plan and run when we went to a sports shows and then a big outdoor expo. Well, I came in with experience and a degree in education. And so using that experience and what my interests were and where I, my expertise is, I gradually uh, worked and moved into a, a position uh, for outdoor educator. And so now with this title, planning, and implementing and writing curriculum for both youth and adults uh, programming. Where the three of us know each other is both our three perspective, then the Becoming an Outdoor Woman program. We talk a lot about that with the BOW, what our states are doing for those programs, what our states are doing for even offshoots. In addition to that, you know, we've met before in person and say, hey, what in addition can we do for adult outreach? And here we are now, COVID brought us to the podcast world which to moving now that we've introduced ourselves again or you know we've gained a lot of listeners over the the last few months that's why we wanted to do that quick but now let's have this conversation on you know what's what have we been doing this summer let's have that and then we'll move into the fall 
Rachel, you have a new baby in the house that you call Miss Thang. I love that. What have you missed Thang and uh, the other kids been doing this summer? I have to admit, throw myself under the bus a little bit. We have been so busy just figuring out which way is up uh, the last, I mean, to have a pandemic baby. So for the first eight months of her life, we couldn't go out in public. We couldn't, you know, do anything. And how do you socialize a, a, a eight month old without being out in public and, and seeing people? So, so we've, we've been caught up in that quite honestly. So the last two months have just been family, 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 let's travel, let's see people, let's big, give big hugs and learn how to clap and those types of things. So um, I'm going to be guilty and say that we have not spent near the time I wanted to out doing anything um, you know, we've gotten out and hiked a little bit. We've gotten out and, and visited some of our parks, but I really haven't had a chance. Not to mention we're in the middle of a home bathroom remodel project. And for any of you thinking that this is a great idea, wait a month or two. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's been fantastic. And I, we're so looking forward to the final product. Six people with one bathroom has gotten old. So, I mean, that's that's kind of uh, consumed our last uh few months. And, and so I'm looking forward to the next month or two where things kind of slow down again. Um, and we can start getting out and exploring in, in whatever facet that is. I've, I've learned that the little child pack is amazing. She goes, she isn't even remotely aware of all the places that she, she has gone and probably slept through, you know, 90% of so. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what's going on in my world. Not all is totally lost because I do want you all to know if you tuned into our shed hunting episode, there have been continuous text messages back and forth. When any of us find a shed, we're in a little group chat. And so we've we've kept that challenge going. We did not move forward with making jerseys this year, but maybe another time. I Tana, think it's safe to say that I'm in the lead, right? I was going to say, Tana just brings us up solely because <laughs> she is dominating the competition yes and, I want everyone to know that I'm winning <laughs> and so I'm so glad that we could be reminded Julia that we are losing <laughs> and I can handle uh, it I can too I've accepted Fall it season's <laughs> coming I prefer my antlers on the heads let's just well there you go tackle that. Fair game on Fair I guess you know we've kind of taken um the opportunity to fish a lot more this summer and I say that because I'm kind of like, I always grew up fishing and I love fishing, but now that I've gotten into hunting, I'm like, okay, I'd rather be hunting. But um, my partner, Jacob, really loves to fish. And so we found this really cool spot on the North Fork of the Ninnisfar River, just below the dam at Cheney Lake here in Kansas. And uh, it's like 20 minutes from our house and it is beautiful, clear water. We've been watching sunfish on beds. We've tried fly fishing out there. <laughs> we went for a little swim here recently, trying to do some exploring around the bend. So uh, we've really spent time on the water lately. And kind of think what else this summer we celebrated our two year anniversary. So we went and camped at Wilson and man, I tell you what, that is better than any fancy dinner at a restaurant I mean I didn't have to wear high heels Jacob cooked me dinner on like a camp stove it was fantastic did you camp or did you glamp let's be honest here no well depends on who you ask I in my opinion I camped in Jacob's opinion I glamped <laughs> just yeah. setting the record uh, straight that we are mm -hmm. completely okay and encourage 
car camping, glamping, oh, yeah. anything that gets you out. We are by no means turning our nose up at uh, <laughs> anyone that doesn't carry all of their stuff on their back. So just, yeah. just setting the record straight. My coworker actually did the coolest like car camping thing recently and she went and bought little flamingo lights from the dollar store and like it was it was fantastic. She was like, if I'm gonna justify having, you know, a mid-size SUV, then I at least need to be able to camp out of it. And she did. And it was it was all the feels. I consider it just normal camping. We have we do have a nice Coleman cot that you guys have heard me talk about on this channel so many times. It is the second love of my life apart from Jacob, but yeah, no, I think so. Jacob says it's, he doesn't like it, but he also has to help pack a lot of the stuff. So I think that's where he gets a little hung up and wishes that we would, you know, not camp so fancy, but I tell him he's welcome to sleep outside on the ground if he wants. That's his business. I, uh, I still give you credit that you're actually camping because I hear lots of chitter chatter about people going out and camping and, and here I will put my nose up when you pull your house behind you and you plug it in and then you go and sit in the lazy boy and watch tv and you're camping i'm sorry no go outside sit by the campfire or for that matter sit in the dark and watch the stars and look at the lightning bugs like that's camping <laughs> making sure you're caught up on all your netflix not camping i'm sorry i just i cannot accept that midwest term of camping sorry yeah, here comes the hate mail. <laughs> yeah, no, Might right. be our first ever hate mail. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's just my little pet peeve. And and you can send your hate mail. And and you know what? If you get out and camp, then good on you. But I just I it, mm -mm. soapbox off. Bye. Not for you. Well, I will say those are really good resources for um, you know, folks that may be mobility challenged or need to beat the heat. That's always a good thing. So I get where Rachel's coming from and I, I pretty well agree, but we're not hating on anybody too hard. We want you guys, like Rachel said, we want you guys out in any way you can. So we love to see it. Julia, what about you? What have you been doing this summer other than wrangling kids and cattle? Well, that's pretty much it right there. Right? We've been <laughs> wrangling kids and cattle. And so I unfortunately have not had the chance to get out and go camping. Uh, would love to, but four kids and uh, 65 head cow calf operation. We show cattle pretty heavily that that's, that's the summer, but uh, we are fortunate to have a pasture with a fairly good sized pond on it that is stocked with bluegill and largemouth bass. And my kids do, they love to just, they love to go out there and throw a line just even for an hour, just to see what they can catch. Earlier this summer, I had the opportunity to teach my uh, eight-year-old how to fillet his own fish. So, and then we prepared it. We've practiced different recipes with that fish. And so, I mean, accomplished there. You know, when it's a nice day out in at honestly after it has rained we will start a campfire and it's been so stinking dry off and on uh, that we've been a little cautious of that but we will start a campfire right in the backyard roast some s'mores roast some hot dogs and the kids you know they just absolutely love that little bit of tidbit experience it's you know if we don't have the time to make it out to a park but we still try to to capture some time. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we went to Tennessee for a uh, 
national show. And on our way down there, following the interstates from basically Nebraska City to Nashville, Tennessee, like I lost count of how many conservation areas, how many state parks, how many state rec signs we've seen. And I was like amazed by that of how many parks there are. I was like, wow, how cool would it be to been able to have that time and to slip these venues and ch- and check check them out, see what they're offering, how are they same, how are they different, and maybe that's because I work for Game and Parks here. Like, and we even did that. We we visited a state park by Lebanon, Tennessee, and it we we went in there and just I was just curious, you know, what does a different state park look like? truthfully it looks the same as ours but you know it was kind of cool it was cedars and it was an old milling lumber area back in like way before electricity (laughs) and they milled the cedars in the area and it was really cool the history and they had a really fun um, nature center and the kids like you know even though we live on a farm even though we see nature centers in Nebraska, like they just absorbed this nature center in a different park, like it was completely new. And, uh, you know, that that's what we have done so far this summer. And my kids had the opportunity to visit Mahoney State Park, have fun in their large pool. So we're getting there. We're just like you, Rachel, I'm ready to kind of take a deep breath and, and think about fall. Okay, so I totally forgot. We did the epic out west trip apparently i was asleep oh, for yeah. the last month i completely forgot that we uh we put three thousand miles on the minivan oh, <laughs> so, oh we gotta hear about this epic <laughs> so it was amazing we left des moines and we headed north so we went to bismarck north dakota and i asked around to see if what to do in bismarck and it's amazing how many people haven't been there <laughs> so we went to Fort Abraham Lincoln State Park. And it was the last outpost of General Custer before he went to Battle of the Little Bighorn. And the um, late 80s, they actually completely rebuilt his house. This thing is beautiful. Shout out to North Dakota State Parks. Like this, it was amazing. And so they actually have the whole fort um, kind of rebuilt so you can get a, a true just vision of what it would have been like with um, all those soldiers on base and it's right on the Missouri River so that was really cool we were actually supposed to stay in a teepee that night turns out two days before we got there they had a really crazy windstorm and both teepees ended up in the Missouri River so uh, we ended up staying in a nice hotel that night instead, but long story short, it's beautiful. When Custer was there, it was a cavalry outpost, but before that was an infantry outpost and they still have the infantry, uh, rebuilds of what the infantry outpost would have looked like. It was so cool. And then they also have, um, a native American village that you can visit. So just really, really impressed with, uh, that state park. Uh, we went to, what else did we do? We went to Teddy Roosevelt National Park in North Dakota, which was amazing. Um, apparently, it's one of the least visited national parks in the in the country. Hello, Buffalo. They are everywhere. It is amazing. <laughs> now that uh, one on a shirt. Hello, Buffalo. Uh, me too. I wish one of those massive buffaloes says, hello. We had no true understanding or expectations. 
and we got there and it was like the Badlands and Buffalo just combined. It was so cool. Then we went on to Little Bighorn, which was stunning. What a beautiful, somber tribute to the 7th Cavalry and the Native Americans that were there. Cool. Uh, then on to Yellowstone, Grand Teton, Cody, and then home. So it was it was a wonderful trip. The national parks are doing the best they can under They still have a lot of COVID restrictions, so that was a little challenging at times. Just when you're, you know, Yellowstone National Park is so big and you're kind of limited on food options. So so you're you're stuck in a line and you just kind of make the best of it. We met some amazing people from um, all over the country and just it was wonderful. So, yeah, that was our big our big. That's what we did this summer. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> I did not I did not hear that you went to uh, Cat Hills. Did you miss that on your trip home? We did. We did. Uh, but but while Cat Hills and New Jerusalem, we've researched it and they're both on our next itinerary. Uh, my brother lives in Denver and so we do that Des Moines to Denver drive a lot. And so now we have places to stop along the way. We're holding you to it. And I forgot, mm-hmm. we stopped at a dude ranch outside Devil's Tower. Amazing. Hello. It, I didn't know you could the go. Dudes the ranch. Um, the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> the, dudes, the dudes were wonderful. And they had, um, they have like, oh, 70,000 acres, 4,200 cattle. It's, it's crazy. But I didn't know you could go like 45 minutes on gravel. Here in Iowa, you can go like 10 minutes and you'll get to a blacktop. Um, mm. There we kept driving and it was still gravel. And I think my kids thought we were like taking them out to the boonies to just drop them or something because they were they were a little concerned as to where in the heck we were going. But it was oh worth gosh. it. So Baby Rachel, we need to get you to at least even central Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, we'll work on it. No, we've certainly driven through Grand Island more times than I want to admit. So there's got to be better, you know, other things to see while we're there. And Wildcat is uh, one of those for sure. Well, maybe as a segue, since Rachel, you spent so much time on the road and Julia, you've been hanging out in cattle barns and waiting for 4-H events to come up and whatever else. Have you guys read any good outdoor related books this summer or articles or anything of that nature? All right. So I've got to admit, I'm a little bit of a, I like fiction. I I do. And CJ Box is like one of my favorite authors. And so he writes this whole series about um, conservation officer based out of uh, Wyoming. And he's my favorite. And just the situations that he somehow finds himself in are, are amazing. And, and after driving through Wyoming, here so recently it just brings books to life and it was wonderful so he came out with his newest release this summer and it's like the first book I've actually been able to read in eight months so that was wonderful that was my uh, my escape if you will from the the days on the road is a uh, CJ Box's new book I love it I wrote that down I'm gonna have to check that out Rachel, you're the second person I've heard recommend those books in the last two weeks. Uh, so yeah, definitely have to check. Is it on I, Audible? Like as a mom that only has yeah. really time to listen to, to Audibles while I'm doing something? Yeah, so I, uh, our library here in Des Moines, I 
you can, we have the Libby app it's called, and you can um, download audiobooks. So I've listened to a couple of them because same thing, I can put my headphones in and, and still do dishes as opposed to sitting on the couch and, and getting some time off. So yeah, um, he has all audiobooks. And then I just started, uh, I, I'm probably going to butcher her name, but I think it's Nevada Bar or Nevada Bar. She writes about a park ranger um, down in Texas. So I've just started that series and, and looking forward to kind of escaping there too. So we got the epic trip in this year. Normally we're, you know, kind of here based out of Iowa. So it is nice sometimes to at least escape from the, the normal day to day. What do you got, Julia? Anything good you've, you've listened to? been trying to find some new podcasts and I think that's what we need to come up with down the road is some podcasts and invite some guests onto this podcast as we did just a few episodes ago because as I just told you I I don't have time to read I would love to read more and I should read more but I kid you not like I, I sit down in bed getting re- in my pajamas covers up I read two words and I'm like snoring I'm sawing logs. So uh, it, it doesn't happen. I did find some interesting articles recently in a magazine. Like I, we had to get new tires on the truck. I sat down, I'm looking around. I'm like, what can I read in the magazine here and get my eyes off of Facebook? And, I, and, and there was a, um, a magazine that caught my eye and it was actually this hunting magazine that I'm showing them through Zoom and it had a lady in front and clearly she had been hunting and it was a June, July issue of 2020. And I just read it like a month ago now that I look at the date. So we're just going to go with it was with, with current. And there's article on there, a rise of female hunters and then the recruiting the next generation. So there was some really cool articles in here pushing out our mission. And it's always fun just to read different perspectives of how people describe the need for more hunters, the need for or the desire, the females wanting to get out there. And I think if I can find the article to share there, it was, it was a cool article and I wanted to post it out there. I would love to read books, but I'm more of the short story reader or the listen to it. So that's what I've had. How about you, Tana? Julia, will you say the name of that magazine again? I would love to check yeah. this out. It is Peterson's Hunting is what okay. it looks like. Yeah. I mean, the articles are how to mount a scope, cook over a campfire, recruiting the next generation, rise of the female hunter, tips for buying your first hunting rifle. Man, I mean, that's not like, yeah, that's like calling our names right here. It is not that like hardcore literature. This is for the beginners like us. So how cool. That is very cool. Um, I have, I kind of like took a weird hiatus from books for a while. I don't know. I get to a point where I'm like, my brain is maxed out for learning and I don't want any more information in my brain. I want dumb trash reality TV in my brain because that's all I have the capacity for. <laughs> but recently I, we had a gentleman come to our office here at Wildlife and Parks and he brought a couple copies of some books that he had written himself. Um, this man is Jonathan Kibler, and he gave us um, a couple books in a series called Lion Tales. And so Jonathan is a, a mountain lion hunter. And so these books kind of document his experiences hunting mountain lions. And so I have not read the first book, which does focus on mountain lions, but his second book, 
uh, Lion Tales 2, is the making of a hunter. And so it really documents his experience um, getting into hunting. And he started out as a coon hunter, as a raccoon hunter, hunting with hounds. So, you know, it's just something I picked up. It's been passed around the office to share with everyone. And then it kind of like got stuck in my bag and went home with me because I really, I couldn't put it down. And, uh, you know, I can't spend the whole day at the office reading books as much as I would love to. So that's the one I've been working on right now. Also, we were cleaning out or, you know, kind of going through Jacob's grandparents' house and they were offering us some of their awesome books that they had all wildlife related and native grasses and things like that. It was really cool. But uh, Jacob's grandpa had a copy of the Sand County Almanac by Aldo Leopold. And I, I got so excited. He thought that I saw like a critter or something run through the bookshelf because I, I gasped really loud. I was like, oh. I love that book and I read it in college and I kind of like to read it every couple of years and it's been more than a couple of years since college and since getting to read it but I've been looking for a copy just kind of passively and um so they had one so I'm really excited and I started that and probably annoyed him the whole drive home just like reading him quotes every other page from that book um if you all haven't read the Sam County Almanac it's it's a fantastic book Aldo Leopold is kind of doubted one of the fathers of conservation you know and he just is so poetic in the way that he explores nature and you know a hundred relationship with conservation it's it's just fantastic and it's just humans relationship with the land he has a really great quote that I love and it's that conservation viewed in its entirety is the slow and laborious unfolding of a new relationship between people and land so I absolutely love that one. I completely recommend it or anything else that he's written. And then last but not least, Rachel on one of our previous podcasts recommended the book Girl Hunter. And so I'm really excited about that. I haven't really started it yet, but it's on my list. Um, So Girl Hunter was one that Rachel actually was nice enough to mail to me. It's about a classically trained New York chef who like heads out to track down wild edibles, you know, meat or forage for her recipes and like she wants to develop this closer relationship with her food and that kind that takes her to hunting so um from the description of the book it sounds like she's really going on a wild journey huh Rachel yeah absolutely it's just a fun read to kind of live through her eyes and and I have to say I think I misquoted because when we were talking with Steph that day I was talking about oh I read this really great book about this reporter that goes to Oregon and like learns how to hunt and I accidentally called it girl hunter but that book is actually called um call of the mild by Lily and I'm going to butcher her last name gosh let me try this McCallu anyway uh it's fantastic so my bad podcast uh (laughs) warning couple weeks ago, I gave the wrong title. So it's also a good read though, but both of them, Georgia Pellegrini and Lily um, Call of the Mild is, they're just fun because they're both really well-written and you can just kind of learn hunting, learn the culture, learn, kind of follow their acceptance through their words. And it, I guess as a new hunter, it really helped me like realize that the things I'm thinking about, you know, oh my gosh, can I actually harvest something? Can I take a life? And now I have this dead thing. Like, what do I do with it? How do I not end up completely covered in blood? And and how do I take in this life? And how do I respect it and use 
as much as I can, not only to provide for my family, but to to give back to that animal for giving its life. Reading these two books kind of helped me really accept what I was doing and and not coming from a hunting background. I, I personally think that that was like the biggest mental hurdle. It wasn't the skill. It wasn't the the actual shooting. It wasn't the being out in nature. I mean, I, I love all of that. Uh, if I could sit at a shooting range for the rest of eternity, game on. Like, and I don't have to pay for the ammo. Heck yeah. It was really just that mental block of like, wow, I'm doing this. And we went on our first, I'm going on a tangent here, but we, we went probably my third or fourth goose hunt. And every other time we had harvested and then like somebody else breasted out the meat or, or cleaned the, the goose for me. And so I found myself last this like January, February timeframe this year. And I had my two geese at home and my husband looks at me, he goes, okay, are you going to do something with your geese? I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. They are mine. They're my responsibility. And so I'm out there with like my little knife and, and we just had the goose and I had this moment, like, uh, sorry, you know, <laughs> not sorry that I shot you. Like, sorry that I am now going to try and breast out your meat. Like, uh, it was, I guess if anyone could have heard that internal monologue, I think it would be like a new sitcom, right? <laughs> like I couldn't believe the things that were going through my head. And, and after I had such a feeling of accomplishment. I mean, they didn't look pretty. There is no question, but I did it, right? I was like covered head to toe, looked like I had been tarred and feathered. I had, <laughs> I had downy feathers everywhere, but I did it. And I was able to breast out the meat. I was able to cut out the shot. And it was this like amazing sense of, I don't know, just this like freeing moment that holy smokes, I can do this. You know, you watch somebody else do it and uh, especially when you hunt with guys, like they just do it. And I don't know that they have the, the internal monologue that I do. And, and so anyway, that was, so reading, long story short, reading those two books really kind of helped me uh, wrap my brain around things. Rachel, I had the same feels on filet and fish. I've seen it done. They make it look so stinking easy. Oh my gosh. No question. And then my son catches like this small bluegill that he wants to keep and he wants to filet out this like, I don't know. It was like the size of my phone, comparably size. And he wants it filleted out. I'm like, how in the world am I going to get some meat out of there to uh, feel like, yes, I'm, I'm using this creature and get the meat out of it so that we can have a meal out of this fish the size of my phone. And I did, <laughs> I may have butchered out like a quarter's worth of meat, but you know, I kind of had that same feel. I had fish everywhere. And, and then after that one, like the next size up, probably a centimeter bigger, <laughs> he wanted to try. I'm like, well, I guess this fish has given its life for education that's the way I had to feel it well and then I mean the hardest part about that is then you have like eyeballs staring at your every move right so you can't even even if you want to shriek or like give like this crazy look you can't you have to like bite your tongue and like I'm a you know I'm teaching you how to do this I know yep. it or they grab the <laughs> knife and they're like I want to do it and then like they poke and stab and I'm like okay well we'll just I'll just carve a little bit extra, a little more out of that. And yeah. 
I'm glad you guys brought that up though, because it's such an important gray area to address as a new hunter is that that fine line between acknowledging that you're learning and that you're going to make mistakes and you need to learn, but also wanting to be respectful to the utmost level of the animal of the harvest that you're taking. And so that can be hard. And, you know, I think I'm kind of just a believer that if the intention is there to be as respectful as you possibly can, by learning and by becoming better, you are also paying respect to that animal. So I encourage everyone out there, like if that's a barrier for you, it's just like, I want to be as respectful of the animal as I can learn as much as you can. And we commend you for that, but uh, don't be afraid to get in there and learn hands-on. Um, it's something that you'll improve on over time. You know, don't, don't let that stop you, I guess. And don't be afraid to ask for help. It, being pretty stubborn myself, it, that is probably the hardest thing is admitting and then saying out loud, I don't know what to do. Because thus far, I found that people are so willing to help and they're willing to show, but let you do it. And, and I think that's a, an important piece when you're asking for help. Can you show me, but I'd like to do it as a, as a visual learner, as somebody that has to be hands-on. I, I do think that's important. And if, and if you kind of put that out there, everyone I've, I've asked for help from has been more than willing to say, okay, yeah, get in there. Okay. Try this hold here. Just those little nuances that you can't find on a YouTube video. Cause I've looked for it. I promise you I've looked for it, but haven't been able to find that kind of hands-on help yet. Well, because I know both of you ladies, I know that you are always up for a challenge and that you are lifelong learners always challenging yourselves. So I'm curious if either of you are going to be trying something new this year. So whether that's um, a new type of hunting gear if that is uh, going after a new species, trying a new area that you've never hunted before. Are you trying anything new this year, Rachel? For sure. Two big ones that stick out in my head. I was lucky enough to kind of be bequeathed a, uh, a duck hunting boat. And so I've only really hunted geese from land. So on, on the banks of a pond, that type of hunting. So, or in the field. So I'm really excited to hopefully try and at least get out. I, I'm not even going to say I'm going to harvest, but to like physically get all of my stuff in a boat, get the boat out there and try and hunt from a boat. So that's, that's number one. And our second youngest is 10. So he came out and, and hunted pheasant with me last year, which I was super nervous about never really going out with someone younger. And by going out with me, I mean, he hiked behind me and played in the grass and, and beat sticks and found sheds and that type of stuff. So it was amazing. So this year he wants to go goose hunting. So we're going to be, uh, I told him he can call all the geese in. So we're, we're practicing that and going to go out in the boat. So those are the, my fall challenge. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I love it. That sounds awesome. What about you, Julia? I was sitting here listening to Rachel talk about going waterfowl hunting and I've been wanting to try waterfowl hunting myself. I sat in the blind with some coworkers early spring time frame, and it was just fun to watch them and, and call them and know when to kind of peek their head up out of the blind. And so, you know, that's certainly intriguing too. Uh, I have my heart set on deer hunting again, and I want to try 
crossbow this year. Yes, I want to try crossbow. Um, maybe it's a challenge to wait for a bigger buck to come in, or maybe it's a challenge to have to go out more, more than once. Because with a landowner's permit in Nebraska, you can harvest, you get a bonus. Uh, you can you harvest your buck and then your bonus is a doe or an antlerless buck. Maybe my challenge is just to set aside additional time to get out there and harvest another animal to be able to uh, feed my family with. They love uh, deer loin steaks. And so to have another set of loins in the freezer, I think would just exciting in itself. In addition to that, like I, I'm like, okay, I'm setting all these challenges for myself. I've had my coworkers help me quite a bit about boning out the deer that I that do we like we exchange like I'll do this for you if you help me bone out my deer and I want to be able to do that myself this year you know I can pull those tenderloins out myself I can pull those loins out because I'm pretty sensitive like uh, take those loins out now and they will immediately be preserved correctly so that they're delicious but and then I bring the rest um, of my buck to the office and they help me out but you know I, I think it's time that I stop relying on them and find a good knife myself and debone that critter out myself. How about you, Tana? Julia, I admire you for that challenge that you've put on yourself. You know, I'm glad you mentioned crossbows because last year I got a crossbow um, and that was really kind of just to, I mean, like you, I kind of wanted to challenge myself, wanted a bridge into archery, but I knew, I didn't think I was quite ready for, you know, like a compound bow. I wanted a little step in between just to make me more comfortable. Um, even though I bow fish, I just, I miss a lot of fish. So <laughs> I didn't think I was ready for a compound. The crossbow was really fun. I have a coworker, coworkers that were nice enough to let me um, harvest a buck on their property with that crossbow. And they were in a cool situation where the, the deer came in really close to the blind. So it was a really good, like kind of controlled learning environment for me. So this year, my goal is to harvest a deer with a crossbow um, kind of more independently. And a long-term goal for me has been to harvest a deer on public land. So we are fortunate enough uh, where we live outside of Wichita about an hour. Um, we are near Cheney Lake, which does have a corresponding huntable wildlife area. So um, it gets hit really hard because it is near Wichita, one of our larger cities in Kansas. So um, a lot of folks go out there, but my goal is to harvest a deer. I don't care if it's a buck or a doe on public land. So Jacob harvested one out there last year and he harvested a doe and he did a fantastic job. So that's kind of my goal. As far as new equipment, I'm trying to think if I'm trying out anything new. I've got my eyes on a couple different firearms. I'm a little bit spoiled working for the state agency and that like, you know, when we go out on mentored hunts and stuff or if people need to borrow firearms, those are available. So I, I really got my eyes on a, a couple, like a shotgun of my own and a rifle of my own. We'll see if that happens this year. I really hope so. There's a women's rifle. It's like the Camilla Vanguard. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but it's beautiful. She's beautiful. I never thought I'd have romantic attraction toward a, an inanimate object, but wow, she's gorgeous. <laughs> I, I'm in love with my uh, rifle too. And, and my, my son can use it to start hunting with too like he is the age at this year he can take hunter education and and shoot a deer so that my focus is fall too is like forget that 
to get my own and, and go with him or get my own, be selfishly, get my own first and then take him. We'll see how the, uh, the fall lays out. For the most part, hunting here in Iowa is shotgun hunting. So um, to hear you kind of romantically long over a rifle is kind of fun to hear because <laughs> it's, it's pretty much a compound or, or um, recurve bow and shotgun here. We, we have a crossbow season, but it's not, it's very controlled and it's predominantly for, for disabled hunters. So we, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear the different methods of take. How about a double date? Like my rifle and me and Rachel and a rifle and a blind sounds like the most romantic double date of hunting. I love that. Good idea. And you can wine and dine over some wild game later in the evening, right? I was going to say, that's my other challenge this year. I really want to try and make my own sausage. That's kind of, we've, we've gotten, and we, I can't take any credit. My husband has perfected jerky. He's got that down. I love summer sausage. And so my goal is to, to steal a little bit of, of whatever they harvest and try and make some some of our own sausage this year. Loins are delicious. Ground is wonderful. Just something different. So that's that's my second challenge besides waterfall hunting. My stomach is absolutely growling talking about all this. Oh my gosh, that sounds good. I'm trying to think as far as other gear. Oh, I did uh, in kind of the middle of last season, maybe toward the end of it, I bought some of the Fee brand uh, hunting clothing line from Cabela's Best Pro. So I tried that out just a handful of times and I really liked it and I'm really excited about that. So I'll, uh, it's not necessarily brand new because I did get into it a little bit last year, but I'll keep buying that. Jacob always cracks up because anytime we go to an outdoor store, I go into this like massive rant about how they don't have a women's section or their women's section is minuscule. And he has to like egg me on be like, yeah, we're going to go talk to the manager. Like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so we're kind of a mess together, but um, I want to try some more women's brands this year or, you know, companies that make hunting clothes that are owned and run by women. That's, that's kind of a goal. I want to support women-run businesses in the outdoors? Not hunting specific, but I do have my eyes set on a pair of waders. So along that same kind of tangent, if you will, of limited camo, and, and by limited, I mean, some of us are, are shorter in statue. Some of us are taller. Some of us actually have, you know, birthing hips that don't fit <laughs> into a size zero. And it seems like it's always and I don't mean this negatively, but it's always kind of the clothing always fits kind of that Barbie shape that's just long and skinny. And I am not that person. So I think it's Mayfly waiters, it's something along those lines. And I'll, I'll make sure I get it. We can put it in the show notes, but I've been eyeing them for kind of that, just a generic pair of waiters so that I can go play in the water and practice my flying fly fishing. And I'm really in search of a good pair of like neoprene camo waterfowl wader. I haven't found it yet. Um, Megan and I joke because we went uh, searching for waders in Bass Pro um, a couple times. And most of you hopefully will know the Chris Farley routine where it's like big man in a little coat. And that's what I, that's what I felt like, right? I explained to Megan, it felt like a, a <laughs> I was a tootsie roll stuck in these waders because I, I like could get them on, but 
I kid you not, I couldn't get them off. So there I am in the middle of Bass Pro. First of all, like no one would help us, which was <laughs> frustrating. But so I found a pair on the shelf. I tried them on and I can't get them off. So I'm on the floor, my legs up in the air. Megan's got one, like pulling on one boot. Oh gosh. It was like the most comical situation. I mean, we had people like staring at us from aisles over. I just started waving and I said, if you can help me, I'd appreciate it. Did and, you get pictures? Uh, no, pictures? no. I had to keep some, <sighs> some dignity. There wasn't much dignity left. So we need no to get cameras. a hold of that security tape for sure. <laughs> right. When these experiences happen, Rachel, you must think she goes outdoors. Like I have got to get video and footage of this for she goes outdoors I was like I mean that so was selfish of you oh I'm sorry I was just so embarrassed that here I am like stuck in a pair of waders at Bass Pro laying on the floor trying to get out of them I just felt like a turtle on its shell trying to get the last thing I thought about was oh I'll take my phone out and record this incredibly embarrassing situation we next time I'll be time. sure to because yeah because there will be a next time, unfortunately. So any of our listeners have suggestions on on gear, we're all ears because we're always looking for it. For a while, Cabela's had like, they called it Outfit Her, that line. I absolutely love. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it made the cut when they merged with Bass Pro. And, and to Tana's point, it sounds like sh- that she line kind of took over, which I hope it's great stuff. I just, I like the outfit her because I, I knew I could find big enough sizes that it that it comfortably fit and and you know with hunting you're moving right like you, you're reaching you're moving so things have to be a little bit baggier so that you can reach and and, and mount a gun or or crossbow or bow so just I'm all ears for any suggestions Rachel I think we can probably all relate to that moment of terror when you're in a store and you're trying something on and you get stuck in it I don't know that there's any woman alive that hasn't experienced that at some point and we've been like omg they're gonna have to cut me out or like I'm gonna live in this dressing room like this is my home now that is the scariest moment ever <laughs> just the pure panic right like oh yeah these, you know it, it it's like a cool 68 degrees in that store but you'll sweat pouring down your face right because you're <laughs> yeah. like you just had this realization that you're never leaving like does Jimmy Johns deliver to the dressing room yeah it's like I might as well just stand out in the store now because I guess I'm a mannequin like here we are this is what not to wear right okay anyway (laughs) oh boy y'all we are getting to the end of our chat with you today this has been so much fun getting to just talk to each other more and share with you all kind of our plans as we approach hunting season you know we have little group chats and we tease each other here and there but it's great to just sit down and and have this conversation. So Rachel, Julia, I'm curious, like any parting thoughts you want to leave our listeners with, or if you want to share what you're most excited about? I'm honestly just excited for the adventure, excited to to learn more, excited to put myself out there a little bit and try and learn a little bit more. And to our listeners, find yourself this group, if you will, right? Whether it reaching out to us, through show notes, through Facebook. We'd love to chat, but find your people. There's some amazing Facebook groups. I just found, I think it's called Women Who Hunt. And it's a really cool Facebook group. I've just kind of awkwardly been reading behind the scenes and taking in others' thoughts. I'm not one to to really post and, and comment, but it's been, it's fun trying to find that network. And to me, that's the beauty of, of social media, of websites, of all this is that 
you might not be able to find them or know where to look down the street, but they exist. So find your your little group because that was a hard and, and still is a hard piece is to like, I know my friends on Facebook don't know me as a hunter. Can I post this? Like, I, I want that happy, special place where I can comment and, and talk about hunting and still trying to find them. So so find your social network, find your group, find your people and and learn along with us. Get out there. Enjoy yourselves. Julia. You know, to add on to that, I find that this podcast has become my inspiration to go learn and then share that experience with our listeners. It gives me that drive to try something new, to go find something new, to learn from you too of what you're using and learn from our guests and then go try it. Like that's been my inspiration. And now even that conversation that we've had today that uh, it's inspired me, it's kind of, let's go with that poked my brain uh it poked my brain to go want to learn something new and try it so reading kind of taking a different little angle here but you know i see from soundcloud who is listening who has subscribed and where they're subscribed from we have a lot of (laughs) listeners that click the link on facebook listen from there but they're not subscribed and so I am encouraging you and as we move into this fall season as we're going to do a lot of communication regarding the fall hunting season I want to encourage our listeners that are just clicking the link weekly to download a podcast app or find the podcast app that is your favorite and subscribe to us. And what that means when you subscribe to our podcast is honestly, it pushes it to your phone weekly. That is our goal. And then by subscribing to that, it it, honestly, it pushes it to your phone every week. And so you are ready to go and it's there, like you plug it in and wherever it's easier, whether it's me, it's in, it's in my barn when I'm doing chores or whether it's in your car or if you're doing something honestly boring at work, then plug that podcast in into your earbuds and listen to it. And so kind of then full loop here is it that gives me the inspiration. It gives our team the inspiration to to plug along and then also you can give us some following to to what you want to hear oh that's mine I like that good plug I think mine's just um you know I I find I'm one of those people that finds comfort in like rules and regulations and safety and like type a do it the right way so when I'm preparing for a hunting season I kind of put that emphasis there so I like to review our regulations Um, to see if there have been any changes, any updates to those, make sure I'm really familiar with the season dates and I'm using all the right equipment. And then I also check my equipment that I do have. So if it's my clothing, just making sure that that is ready to go. It's clean. It doesn't have holes in it. If you're somebody that likes to kind of scent prep your stuff by shoving it in a garbage bag full of leaves and dirt, like, um, you know, just kind of get that stuff ready. And then if you are using, you know, whether it's a firearm or a bow, just making sure that's clean, tuned up, ready to go. And also that I've gotten a little bit of target practice in. Um, Part of being a safe ethical hunter is making sure that you can effectively take a shot that will harvest that animal in a way that is the most efficient and painless for that animal. 
so that you can get your harvest there. Um, that's a big part of it for me is just preparing in that sense. Yeah, just a reminder everybody. And of course, if you don't have hunter education, get out and get your hunter education. Um, we are really going to be ramping up in hunting season soon. So now's the time. There's various different formats you can take. I know in Iowa, there is for adults an online only option where you can take the entire course online. In Kansas, we have an internet assisted option where you can do a bunch of the coursework on your computer and then show up for a one day field day and testing session where you'll get to shoot some firearms, shoot some bows, um, and take your test there at the end of that day. So there's lots of different formats out there. Look into those and make sure that you've got, you're doing everything you need to do to be a safe and ethical hunter and that you're following those rules and regulations. So now that's kind of how I'm going to prepare in the next couple of months. I'm really excited because our dove season opens up in September. Turkey season kind of kicked my butt, guys, not going to lie. It kind of uh, hurt my heart a little bit. I was personally offended by some of those turkeys. So um, even though it was a lot of fun. Oh, it's same here in Nebraska. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't get a turkey this year. I'm going to be honest. And they didn't even cross my path. Like I didn't even have that horror story of missing. They didn't even give me the opportunity to miss. It's just, it was a statewide conversation here in Nebraska. It was brutal. I got a vendetta against the turkeys now, but that's an episode for another day. With a vengeance, either, right. you know, those poor deer and be like, oh, they're out to get me because those stupid turkeys or the spring's going to be evil. You know, with dove season, there are some more opportunities for harvest and success there and some great opportunities for some delicious meat, dove poppers, or we did like glazed teriyaki dove poppers. I'm looking forward to all that. And I hope you guys get out in the outdoors in whatever capacity, if it's hunting, if it's not hunting, get out there, challenge yourself to try something new, challenge yourself to share what you do know with others. I can't emphasize enough. People often feel underqualified to be mentors. The best thing you can do to be a mentor is to share whatever knowledge you have with someone new. You do not have to know it all to be a mentor. You really don't. And Julia made that point at the beginning of our episode today is we're not experts in any of these activities really. Um, but we try to bring experts to you and help you learn, but you don't have to know it all to be a mentor. So get out there, try something new and share what you know. It's been a great conversation, great idea. And I think we need to do this more often, just set aside every, after so many episodes and have another conversation. The three of us will be meeting in Kansas in person for the first time in what, two years? We are pumped for it. Yeah, we'll see if we can share some footage of Rachel getting into a pair of waders since it sounds like she goes about it in an exciting way. True. Yeah, true. it's always an exciting day. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us again um, for the She Goes Outdoors podcast. We love having you. We love having you tune in. Like, share, and subscribe on this podcast. Um, rate us as well and let us know how we're doing. If there's any episode that you really want us to focus on or a topic that you think we've missed, please, please, please comment and let us know because we want to make sure that we're bringing you the information that you need. As always, of course, if you have any questions for us or about the information we shared today, again, just reach out. We're happy to put you in contact with the right people or a personal question for us. Uh, Alrighty, y'all. Well, thanks for tuning in today and we'll see you outdoors. Outdoors.